everybody. Welcome to another edition of the One Million by One Million podcast. One M by One M, as you know, is the first and only global virtual accelerator in the world. And today I will be speaking with Navid Alipur from Analytics Ventures. Navid, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sramana. I'm happy to be here. So tell us a bit about uh, Analytics Ventures and yourself. What are you uh, looking at? What is the investment thesis? Let's get acquainted. Absolutely. So Analytics Ventures, we are based here in San Diego, California. Um, and I like to describe Analytics Ventures as a three-legged platform. Uh, think of it as a three-legged chair. Uh, one, one leg is our fund, so we have a dedicated fund. Uh, and the mandate from our investors, though, is to invest in companies that we co-found with other scientists, academics, entrepreneurs, or other public, private, or private corporations under Very the Venture Studio model, right? And, and so the Venture Studio model, as we all know, it's not a new model. The, one of the best known is uh, Idea Labs in Pasadena, California, that Bill Gross started uh, not the bond fund manager that used to be on CNBC and other Bill Gross. Of course, we have Science Labs that Dollar Shave Club came out of. In your neck of the woods in the Bay, we have Atomic VC. And, of course, uh, other larger VC funds uh, like Canaan Partners or Domain Associates or Avalon Ventures have from time to time deployed this venture studio model to literally help create a company that did not exist, whether it's that was a scientist or entrepreneur or they license a technology out of a university. Um, so with that, so one leg is our fund, and then one leg is our studio where, you know, we have our own, you know, full-time marketing, HR, recruiter, uh, analysts uh, that uh, help uh, accelerate the growth of the company um, so that, you know, the CEO can focus on building the team and the product and selling uh, that service or product. And then the last leg, and I think it's what really differentiates us uh, the most is we have our own artificial intelligence lab of data scientists. So 100% uh, PhDs in physics and math and whatnot. Um, and uh, from uh, what we've been told, I haven't validated it, but uh, we've been told we may be the largest independent AI lab in Southern California. Um, independent being that we're not an academic institution like uh, Stanford, MIT, UCSD, uh, UC Berkeley. And we're not a Google, Facebook, Apple, Amazon. Um, so, uh, so that's the high level of analytics ventures is, again, as a platform, but we do have a dedicated fund. And how big is the fund? So uh, we haven't closed the fund yet. Um, and, and so I, I can't disclose that um, as of now, but we will be able to share that soon. Uh, you haven't closed as in this is the first fund? You haven't, is this just starting up? It, it, so this is our first fund. So that's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. So Analytics Ventures has been around for six years, but the first, call it four and a half, five years, we were investing our own capital. So we're three equal partners. Um, and uh, we've, you know, from investments and companies we've started had various degrees of success. Um, uh, the largest being uh, one of my partners, Blaze Barlet, started a company called Website Story back in the late 90s, one of the few Internet companies that made money from day one that ultimately IPO'd and was acquired by Adobe for $1.7 billion. Um, and so we initially were uh, investing our, our own capital, 
uh, and then bringing in co-investors. And, and then what happened was we had some co-investors in some of the companies we'd started, uh, like Curemetrics, which is our company that has been now recognized globally as the best company uh, that detects breast cancer using their uh, artificial intelligence algorithms. Um, so as we started some of these companies, some co-investors that had got in at later valuation, uh, what happened is they, they said, hey, we love these companies you guys have started, but how do we get founding shares like you have? Because at the time we had our, we were just an LLC investing our own capital. We were not a dedicated fund with LPs, with investors. And so mm-hmm. that's where in talking to our attorneys at Cooley, um, we said, how do we do this bigger, better, faster? And they said, well, why don't you form a dedicated fund so that you're not just investing your capital? And so now the companies we start, um, Analytics Ventures Fund One Limited Partners is literally a co-founder on the cap table um, w- with the other co-founders. So okay. we, with that, decided that um, you know, Curemetrics was the first one we did um, in the AI space, and we decided our mandate from our LPs, they said, hey, we want you to start other companies that are applying artificial intelligence, machine learning, deep learning to clean structured data, and that's, that's very important, so we can come back to that, that it's clean data that's collected. Um, but by doing, applying this AI, um, you can make a prediction or recommendation of forecast or you can detect something that does not belong and by doing one of those things you're going to increase revenues you're going to decrease costs by bringing operational efficiencies or in the healthcare sense what we're proud of again we're vertical agnostic but we're most proud of our healthcare companies in that uh, you're not just saving money and bringing efficiencies but you're prolonging life and saving life as well Um, as we all know in, in, in the breast cancer example if you detected earlier the odds of survival are significantly higher, um, and, and so uh, that's that's where you know we're we're proud of that aspect. Mm-hmm. So, um, how many companies in parallel are you going to be doing? You've said you've done three so far, right? I know. In fact, if you look at our website, we have eight up there right now. Um, okay. Uh, and uh, we do have uh, two more in the pipeline that we have not officially announced. Um, and they are with, um, uh, with corporate partners. Uh, so we are still very open to starting companies with individuals like we did with Curemetrics. Um, and, uh, but, but what has happened increasingly is, you know, one thing we did is when we formed our AI lab, the premise was, hey, we don't want to reinvent the wheel at every company that will need, you know, 10 data scientists call it. And as we all know, uh, the really good data scientists are heavy in demand. I think there's an article in the New York Times that said there's only 10,000 real data scientists. A lot of people say they do AI, but it's really just glorified business intelligence, uh, or they're just using open source tools like Google's TensorFlow or Apache or Cafe or other tools, which that's fine. You know, some tools are good for ABC, however, not XYZ and vice versa. And so uh, our team can custom build their own algorithms as well, which we pride ourselves on. And so what ended up happening is we, we built this, our AI lab, which is one of our portfolio companies, by the way. Um, and uh, in doing this, uh, the purpose initially was just for ourselves and our 
our portfolio companies, but we ended up being contacted by the Fortune 500 companies on down to venture-backed startups um, that wanted to leverage our bench. And so um, in doing this, uh, we do have an outward-facing arm of our lab called Dynam.ai where um, we go in, uh, companies large and small, uh, and uh, help them uh, with their uh, applying artificial intelligence, machine learning, deep learning to uh, their biz respective vertical. Um, and what's happened, interesting enough, is uh, in, in some of these larger companies, you know, we learn about their business, we identify some other opportunities, and we go to them and say, would you like us to you know, do this internally for you? Uh, or as the conversation sometimes progress, it makes sense to do a joint venture. So that's where now we've done a joint venture, for example, with a private digital media agency in the advertising spend. Uh, that company is called Ad Theos, uh, Theos meaning God in Greek. Um, mm-hmm. So the website's not live yet. Uh, it's been in stealth mode. Uh, but just like we're not healthcare ac- experts, let alone breast cancer experts, and we've built the company that's recognized as being the best in the world uh, detecting breast cancer, um, we're not advertising experts, but we partnered with an entity that is, uh, a corporation that is, and so they're the digital media experts, the advertising experts. They have the data. They know the pain points and the problems they want to solve, and they know who the clients are. So you marry that domain expertise with a, our deep bench of AI experts, and we then can develop um, a product, uh, a, you know, a software that not only they can use, but it's something that then, um, you know, we can scale that out and, and, and uh, build a business out of that. So uh, what constitutes the profile of a founder that you would want to found a company with? That's a very good question. So um, if it's not a corporate founder, whether, uh, again, whether it's a public insurance company, uh, which uh, you know, we're talking a very large one, or uh, uh, this, this private advertising company, um, it's usually going to be someone that, uh, you know, whether they're a scientist or an academic or an entrepreneur, they have a certain domain expertise, uh, but they can't take the risk of quitting their job. Uh, they have a husband, a wife, a mortgage, two kids, or they're an entrepreneur and they're busy doing something and they say, hey, when I'm done with this, I'm going to do, I have this other idea. And so what we say is, you know, as we all know, that window can close. Let's not wait. Let's do this together now. Let's launch it together uh, you know, help us bring in the right CEO and CTO and get the team going. And as it makes sense, then, you know, jump in um, and as, as where it's de-risked. So a really good example I'll give. So, uh, what, you know, we have two healthcare companies, uh, very similar sounding names. Uh, one, Cure Metrics, I mentioned. The other is Cure Match, M-A-T-C-H. Uh, the only thing we have in common is that we started them, we named them, they're both software AI companies, and they both fight cancer just in very different ways, where CureMetrics is a diagnostic for the FDA because it detects breast cancer. CureMatch is a decision support tool providing actionable intelligence for the oncologists. 
And, uh, and while our third partner, Andreas, has a marketing background, and he, uh, you know, he joined Blaze and I after we started Analytics Ventures and CureMatch um, it existed. Uh, and while he, he doesn't like that the names are similar per se, I actually do because they're sister companies both taking the fight to cancer. And so with CureMatch, what happened is we met a lady at the Morse Cancer Center. Her name is Dr. Rizelle Kurzrock. That's K-U-R-Z, Rock. And... Um, if you look her up, she's famous in the oncology world and the precision medicine world, you know, travels the world talking about precision medicine. Uh, she's, uh, I believe her title at the Moore's Cancer Center here at UC San Diego is Deputy Director of Oncology. Uh, she's a practicing oncologist, does research. And um, when we met her, they developed a version one algorithm um, in, part in partnership with a, a scientist at the Supercomputer Center here. Uh, that they'd been using for two and a half years already. And what it was doing in short was, you know, patient has cancer, they get their biopsy sequenced by uh, companies like Foundation Medicine that uh, Roche just bought the rest of for $2.6 or Gardent, which is up in San Francisco and just IPO'd recently. Um, and, and there's some others, but those are the two big ones. So they sequenced the physical biopsy of the cancer, and they put out called the 23andMe of the cancer sample saying this is the genetic makeup of this cancer. Well, great. What are you going to do with that? So they answered that what now? They developed their own database that included FDA-approved drugs, uh, open source research, uh, clinical trials, uh, and you name it, other things are always updating. And so they would take that 31-page PDF that Foundation Medicine puts out for the oncologist for the makeup of the cancer, and for a to have a three-drug combo that's four and a half million combinations. So no human brain, I don't care how smart an oncologist is, no human brain can process four and a half million combinations. And so that's what they would do. They would take that, uh, the PDF and uh, their own database and the algorithm would match and recommend the top three. And so when we met her and she showed us the results, and they were using this every Wednesday at the tumor board that uh, the large hospitals like MD Anderson and Moore's and uh, John Hopkins and like have get together weekly to for the oncologists to discuss the cases, and they were using this tool and you know with uh, over a thousand patients, but when we met them with great results, and so we said you know have you thought of starting a company? This is amazing and belongs to you know should have you know people outside of the Moore Cancer Center you know the VIPs that have access there should have access to this, and she said she goes well I'm you know I'm a practicing oncologist I'm not going to you know, quit what I'm doing to start a company. I haven't done that before. And, and so we said, well, don't quit your job. Let's start this company together. You know, help us, you know, find the right team to launch it. And, uh, and then we did that. And, and, uh, and she still is at the Moore Cancer Center, but she's the founder of the company. And Igor, the Russian scientist that was at uh, the supercomputer center, is, is, he ended up joining the company full time. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and so that's where, we're all so we're looking for the domain experts. They don't have to be entrepreneurs per se. Um, you know, they 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 certainly can be, um, but they have to have an expertise in a certain field, whether it's healthcare, ag tech, fintech, cybersecurity, real estate. Again, any industry and every industry has data that you could unlock value from by applying artificial intelligence to it. Um, and, and so they don't need to be the AI experts. We, we have that team of PhDs. They just need to be the domain experts. I see. Okay. Interesting. 
Um, are you shooting for unicorns? A very, very uh, insightful question. Um, I, you know, while we certainly wouldn't shy away from hitting home runs uh, with unicorns, our business model is to stay with that baseball analogy is we want to be able to make money for ourselves and our investors and other co-founders by hitting singles and doubles. So mm-hmm. I think something you've alluded to before in, in other podcasts is, you know, your traditional venture fund invests in 20 deals, knowing that call it 10 of them will likely fail and they'll have a couple of one X, two X, maybe three X returns. So they're really betting on one or two home runs to make the, you know, make the fund. Well, you know, and so everything they look at has to have 10x unicorn potential, right? They might not invest in a deal that they, you know, the total addressable market might not be large enough. And it could be a wonderful entrepreneur and founding team, uh, but they think that, you know, the total addressable market, you know, might only equal a $100 million exit, let's say, let alone forget if it's a $50 million exit. For us, that's very different because we can look at something and say, hey, if, if, if we can build this and own a founding piece of it and get an exit for, let's stay with that, let's put a, a low number, let's say $20 million, $30 million. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I say low in that that's incredibly low in the venture sense, right? Um, yeah. But if we, can, if we can do that and sell it, in, uh, then that's going to not only do well for us and our investors, but it's actually, in hindsight, a lot of times, it's even much better for the founders because – you know, often, you know, there's been many situations where a company after two, three years has a certain amount of traction and they get an offer. Mm-hmm. And the board, may, being made up of VCs, will vote it down because they're like, no, we're not going to sell for $50 million or 80 or $200 million. We need to go for unicorn, right? And sometimes it happens, but often not, as we all know, things go wrong. There's other competition. Well, there's uh, another, um, you know, point that based on your investment thesis, um, I do think that verticals have different, you know, domain-specific workflows and dif- different domain-specific opportunities to apply AI, but these are not always, you know, billion-dollar TAM opportunities. Many of these are niche opportunities, smaller TAM opportunities. So you, even if you force it, it's not going to become a billion-dollar company. So you kind of have to design it from the beginning for a smaller exit. But, but you can build fantastic businesses focusing on these niche domains, especially applying cutting-edge technology to, to uh, niche domains is a very, very powerful opportunity. I'm, I'm very much uh, aware of that opportunity. We see stuff like, stuff like that all the time. And I think it's, a, it's an astute analysis on your part to, uh, to focus on some of these. I, I think you, you summed it up very accurately, and, and yeah, I think we're in agreement there in that, um, you know, companies in the U.S., um, you know, my, my partner, Blaise, who is from France, um, you know, he says com- CEOs in the U.S., they brag about how much money they raised. Instead, they should be bragging about how much money they make. And yeah. It's 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 very different, right? In in the U.S. Very different, and you can end up raising hundred million dollars and and just end up with like a you know, itsy pitsy five million, seven million total exit. Whereas if you control your capital raise and and manage the exit process well, you could be making twenty five, thirty, fifty million, even from a smaller exit. 
Absolutely. I remember reading an article maybe a year or two ago, and I, I don't remember the name of the company, but it sold for $300 million. The founder, the CEO, only netted a million dollars because they oh raised so goodness. much money. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's and, right. And, and, and then on the other end, and so everyone's patting him on the back, great job, you know, you, you know, you, you know, you're, you're mated, you can retire. Not the case. And no. in another case, uh, you know, I know a husband-wife team that started a company out of college that didn't raise a penny. They didn't even give options to their employees. I'm not saying that's mm-hmm. – I'm, I'm not judging that. I'm just, just to right. paint you this yeah. extreme example. Yeah. They sold their company for $40 million cash. Yeah. We have case study after case study of these kinds of stories. You know, we have over a thousand case studies, including 400 plus bootstrapped case studies. So we know this inside out. And if I've just started writing another series on LinkedIn called Bootstrapping, why you know best of bootstrap, uh, best of bootstrapping, addressing why it's so important and what are the nuances. And um, I don't know if you saw the piece that I wrote recently, Bootstrapping to Exit. All these topics need to be out there in a much more subtle and much more, you know, nuanced way. Not, not the way New York Times uh, wrote. Erin Griffith wrote this. Uh, you know, invest uh, entrepreneurs are asking VCs to get lost. That's a stupid point of view too. But right. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. All right. So uh, we're we're in agreement. We're philosophically in a lot of things. So um, I think. Uh, I'm going to ask you, what do you want to convey to the uh, audience as your uh, parting question? And then we will see what, uh, what you know, comes up in due course in terms of collaborating. Yeah, no, I, I think something that you know, we want to communicate as we're getting the word out about what Analytics Ventures is doing um, is, one, first off, geographically, uh, we are currently just – uh, our current companies happen to all be in San Diego, but our hands are not tied. We can do, we could do a, you know, launch a company in Berlin or in London or in, yeah. you know, Des Moines, Des Moines Iowa. As so you're not worried have, about geography, given your high touch venture studio model, you're not worried about geography. Well, so let me add the fine print there, right? The footnote. Um, if so, so the, 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 the data science team is here in San Diego at yep. first, right? Uh, but if we have a corporate partner, let's say a company out of Chicago um, that you know needs us to have a presence there, we you know we can have a presence there. Um, so it, it, this does lend itself a little more to if we have a corporate partner uh, where we can then you know set up a presence there and in San Diego. And as as we get the companies going then they need their own everything, right? So while we have a director of marketing uh, at our studio that works on all the companies and, you know, start about it, the day, you can't have a high-caliber marketing person maybe, but this way the cost is shared. Well, as a company matures, they're going to need their own marketing person full-time. Well, that's the same with the AI uh, expertise, right? As the company grows, our data scientists, if there's a project they just happen to passionately be in love with, they can go full-time to that company. Otherwise, our had data scientists, they, we have a technical test that we give to anyone that applies, uh, which we're always looking for new hires. And, um, and uh, if they pass that test, if, you know, if they don't pass it, we don't hire them. That's a non-starter. But 
anyone we so anyone we hire uh, for our current and future companies or for the lab itself has to pass that test. So as we hire full-time teams for each company, we're going to maintain the same caliber of expertise. So if we launch a company in Chicago, just to say with that example, um, you know, in time, uh, as a company grows there, everyone would be there. Um, so mm-hmm. we're not geographically limited. And so we're, lo- we're looking for um, you know, individual domain experts, be they entrepreneurs or scientists, um, in any industry, and you don't have to be an AI expert, right? Uh, you just have to say, God, if I have this data, and if I could make a prediction, a recommendation, a forecast, or detect something out of this data, this is going to make a lot of money, or this is going to save a lot of money um, in, in, in whatever capacity, right? And, and then we want to talk to you. And if you're mm-hmm. a corporate, if someone at a, a corporation, whether you know at the senior exec level, a board member, or or, or, or not in, in, you know, in, the, in the middle of the corporate ladder, but you have a certain domain expertise, you know, whether individually or at your uh, company, uh, we would love to talk to you because everyone from the CEO on down is reading the Wall Street Journal on how AI is the new electricity. It's the fourth industrial revolution. I think Mark Cuban said, if you're not thinking of how to apply to your business, you'll be a dinosaur in the next three years. And while I don't think it'll be three years, we agree with this premise that uh, everyone needs to think about how AI is going to be applied to their business. Um, and, and so what's happening is these you know, CEOs on down, they're saying, hey, we don't want to be the next Barnes & Noble or Blockbuster video that didn't adapt and you know, went the way of the dinosaurs. And so they're looking to bring AI expertise into their companies. And so that's where we're looking to, to partner with them because – uh, you know, the fact, well, what we found, and this is our, our opinion, I'm not saying this is exactly how it is, but uh, what we found is the really exceptional data scientists, they don't want to work for corporate America. Uh, by that, what I mean is, if, and if they do, they want to work for the, the sexy tech companies, the Facebook, Google, Apple, Amazon, and even then, some of them don't. But they, they don't want to work for Procter & Gamble or Hershey's or Coca-Cola or, you know, Johnson & Johnson. Um, and now this isn't blanket across the board, but it's very difficult for these non-tech corporate companies to hire top data science teams, right? And so this will change eventually as there's more talent. Uh, but for those that don't want to work at the non-tech companies, that's where those companies are then looking at groups like ours to either bring in on existing projects or um, to launch joint ventures um, to um, – that they'll have a significant ownership interest in. All right. Very good. Um, Good conversation, good, interesting insights. Thank you for uh, sharing, Navid, and thank you, audience, for listening today. We will be back soon with another edition of the One Million by One Million podcast. In the meantime, if you're looking for help with the strategy for your venture, come to one of the free public roundtables. The schedule is on the website, 1mby1m.com and we'll work together on your business. Thank you for coming today, and see you soon.